morning, uh, and welcome to a Black Man's Sketch podcast, episode 20, Ujama Place. State versus Derek Chauvin. Guilty? We're opening up this morning, and I'm actually joined. I want to say welcome to my brother, Cedric Smith, and Ottawa Anderson, that have welcomed hey. joined us this morning, and uh, Coach Gary L., hey. and, and our chief executive operator, Otis Zanders. Uh, thank you, brothers, for joining us this morning for our continued dialogue about the Chauvin, no our personal experiences, and of course there's a new twist, uh, the tragic death murder of Dwight, uh, Dante Wright. How do you guys process this week? It's been a heavy week. Well, for me, um, I have a close family who live in Brooklyn Center actually, uh, not even a mile away from the police department. Not necessarily where this situation takes place, but um, just being able to see this firsthand and the, the trauma that it's causing people of all colors and all ages, uh, it just brings me back, man. Like I said, I'm not a historian, but I know history, parts of it. And Crispus Atticus was a biracial man who was killed in something what people call um, what's the it's one of the events that led to the Boston Revolutionary War, War. Uh, yeah, Boston, Boston Massacre yeah, something like that. and uh, during that time there's some other things that took place called the Boston Tea Party which is where the colonists who were being over policed over taxed and over governed by the British people um, they pretty much led a protest where they threw rocks and sticks and these officers opened fire on those protesters, Crispus Atticus being one of them, being a black man who was killed. And it just rings important and significant to me today because Dante Wright was a biracial man and he was killed by the police and the riots and everything that's taken place because of that, most of it being peaceful and a big, uh, clap for the community and for people who've been involved in those peaceful protests. Yeah. But just to further push the point, it's just that like, the police, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. changed. It's just the cold water in our face. Once again, here you are, black man, under the foot of my police boot. You're exactly right. Uh, Monday the 19th is coming up. Uh, this is the jurors. It's the state versus Derek Chauvin. To trial, we'll hear the closing arguments from the prosecution and the defense while the world awaits this verdict. I'm feeling myself under a lot of, should I say, tension. Uh, I come from a militant background. My family was real militant. Uh, the Garys, uh, rest in peace to my grandfather, Prentice Gary, mother Wilma Gary, very active in Minnesota. Uh, it's civil rights, etc. Monique, you've, you're aware of them. Um, but, you know, my grandmother, she had to leave Kansas and come up here because she was real vocal on the radio and she was against uh, police brutality and things of that nature. So, the, you know, sometimes I hear her voice and the things that she would tell me, you know, when this stuff is going on right now. And she said, baby, don't you ever forget. She said this on her deathbed. She died in 2007. She said, baby, don't you ever forget. She said that if you meet a black man, and he doesn't know that he was brought over here to work, and that was it. She said, if you meet a black man that does not know that, 
These were her words. She said, then that nigga needs to be killed. And this is the thing my grandmother said, and it took me a while to understand and to hear this brother Cedric, what you just said, what brought me to that was mm -hmm. to hear that you like know your research with Christmas addicts and, and the tea party, and just to know that you've becoming more aware mm -hmm. of what your people been involved in. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a great accomplishment, man. Just every little piece of knowledge that you learn, it makes your 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 nature become more entrenched into the struggle that we're dealing with, bro. I just need to let you brothers know that. The more information you you won't stop. Because you'll see that it's nothing brand new. You're just born at a later date. <laughs> it's nothing brand new. The civil rights was barely, barely 100 years ago. Go ahead, and, bro. And if I could just make a, a note on that, some of the uh, notable people who were involved in the <clears throat> Boston Tea Party are, uh, uh, if you do your research, some of those names are also on your United States Constitution. So Definitely. I just think that I think it's it's and I'm not a person who I don't personally agree with the pro with the looting and how that's happening because I think it takes away from the real message we're trying to send. But I think that if you you teach us this from a young age and this is history and you put these people on our money, you they're lined on every wall in our museums as historians and great. Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, not rebels, because we're the rebels, mm -hmm. but patriots, patriots. patriots. Mm -hmm. And and when black people behave this way, they're depicted as animals or as... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. we, we saw that January 6th mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. when uh, they took over mm -hmm. the Capitol. Um, had that been a black group of individuals they're protesting and climbing walls, we would have had gunfire, massacre, it would have been, massacre. that's real clear. Like I, don't, I, I remember mm -hmm. calling my mother that day, um, who's done a lot of uh, civil rights work, uh, state work here in the St. Paul area, her whole career, and uh, when I called her watching that, that day, and I said, Mom, look at this, look at these guys calling the wall, they're crawling the wall. Mm -hmm. She said, Dar, that's white privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm a historian, but there was a there was a protest where uh, black people, something to do with their voting rights, I believe, tried to cross a bridge in Selma, yeah. and they were met with brutal opposition. And this was a bridge that they tried to cross. Mm -hmm. So imagine them trying to cross a capital line. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it also makes me think back to the sit-ins. Uh, yeah, I know you brothers coming up now. Y'all don't have Woolworths. But <laughs> Woolworths was like our, our Walmart. Am I right, y'all? <laughs> Woolworths was, it was a five and dime store, Cedric. And don't you know, I mean, our people, brothers had to uh, just fight just to sit in Woolworths and get ice cream. So wow. they did a sit-in. Look that up, too. The sit-in brought national, worldwide attention because when they went and did the sit-in, they, they vowed, we ain't gonna do no violence, we just gonna show how these Europeans getting ready to treat us just for sitting down and asking for something to drink. Worldwide attention to change the world. Yeah, but at the same time, I'll be like, I look at it like, I'm just used to it. We, it's sad that we used to everything that's going on. We used to, I'm used to getting beat up by the police, it ain't nothing new. We don't talk to no internal affairs about it, we just, and that's, the, and that's the scary part, bro. Yeah. We cannot be complacent with that. And that's one of the good things about Ujama Place and having these discussions so we can figure out what we can do to speak to our president, our coaches, 
and get it to the right ears to say, look, man, I'm tired of being comfortable when you get behind me and just think I'm supposed to shrivel and I already know you beat me before, so you're going to beat me again, et cetera. But yeah. say some more on that if you can. I don't know. Growing up, it's <clears throat> what we see. Like, I don't know. I'm from the South, so it's really different. Mm. You no, know, down there, you know, it's a, they, it's a line. Like, they stay where they stay. It's different. Like, but we got our own police. Like, that's why I think it kind of started. Like, when we, if we did get approached by somebody our own color that understand, like, they from the hood and they might know mm. us or something. Like, ain't nothing wrong with police. As long as they doing their job, I ain't against the profession mm. at all. As long as you're doing your job. I ain't against nobody working at McDonald's as long as you frying them fries, right? As long as you doing your job how you supposed to, I ain't mad at you. I ain't against the law at all. Right on. That's where I'm coming from, but. Amen. Yeah, Amen. but it's just yeah. like, we just got to, I don't know, ain't nothing wrong. Y'all join the police. Y'all from the hood. Y'all know what it's like. Change it, change it, change it. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I look at yeah. it. Like, but far as like being used to it, like, Go back on that. I don't know. It's just like what we see when we look out yeah. our window is different from what other people see. Like I'm used to seeing people go to jail. I'm used to seeing people come home. I'm used to seeing people go to jail again and come home again. Then I did the same thing. Mm. And, and, and I don't know. RP shirts is common. Like yeah. mm. it's just balloon releases. I'm tired of them. I done been to so many. I'm on and go to funerals no more. Like it's hard for me to cry now. Something traumatic happened. I be like. It, you have to force yourself to cry now because like, it's yeah. you're so used to pain like you're used to yeah you know then I ain't trying to say it like the hood is the hood but like because it happened all over the world like I talked to Somalian brothers and we think we got it bad over here and they come from they used to stuff I ain't even familiar with so it's like I don't know we just used to it used to it but what we gonna do now though is like I don't know that's the big question been there for years yeah, that was um, thank you for saying that because I think it brings up what this podcast and what this program is all about, man, is um, how we've had this neon neck for so long mm -hmm. that uh, not that you get immune to it, but the expectations, expectations so low. So the question was about, about what can justice look like after this weekend? And I think in our world of having a neon neck, we didn't really know. I guess we wouldn't be totally surprised if there was an acquittal. We wouldn't be totally surprised if there's a hung jury. Uh, and so, you know, but um, in, the, in my world, I'm looking at, at this prosecution that's been presented. It's been top notch. And they laid it out, they cobbled together a tremendous offense why this man is guilty. To me, a first degree murder. So if we look on that, what would be a great penalty? And uh, so I think from that conversation, that how can we break that mentality that we have, that that's, just, that's that caste system that we're in, man, right. that we, we're so tired of crying and going on so on. But uh, I think it behooves us, man, to um, to galvanize, to understand what's taking place back to back, that we live in a state, man, that, um, that uh, we lead off the world news with back to back stories. Mm -hmm. How can we change the narrative? What can we do to get out of this yeah. mentality? I ain't gonna lie to you, Mr. Otis, like, the younger culture, we don't, we don't even see like what y'all gonna hang them from a tree or something. Like that's the only kind of justice we'll validate. Like y'all can't get that man enough time. Y'all ain't gonna get him life. There's people locked up in the feds right now for drugs. That's gonna get he gonna get less time than them people for selling drugs. And he killed the man. Mm -hmm. And they ain't not even a stranger. He killed somebody he knew, he familiar with. Like that's the part I never forget. You knew this man. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. People forget about that part. Mm-hmm. Like, there's somebody you was familiar with, bro. Yes, like, so I don't know that part. I don't. They be. I don't. I, don't, I ain't forgot that part. Yeah, you pulled up and killed somebody you knew. Absolutely. One of the things I just want to add to that, uh, going back to what you were saying, Otis, even going back to the beginning of OJ about it becoming numb and normal to yeah. us. And again, part of the justice that I could see happen overall was not only the right, correct conviction for this man, as you say, to serve his time, um, but bigger than that is the, our world, our government's got to own the continued traumatization that we get re-traumatized, re-traumatized, re-traumatized. That's why we get numb. That's why we don't believe in the system. That's why it just, it's repeated, 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 repeated. And that's why we don't give a hoot. And that's why we, young brothers, feel less motivated about changing things because they, and we get to this place. I don't even think it's we accept it. I don't mean it like that, but it is what it is. Right, man, you know young I mean? brothers, whoever we choose to follow, whether it's a gang leader, they all started off pretty good, whatever, with a good mm-hmm. righteous mm-hmm. cause, even, but whoever we choose to follow, they get knocked down some way, shape, or form. And I think part of this re-traumatization, and uh, I just wanted to speak on this one piece, is Part of the re-traumatization that they don't even realize is they're trying to tell us that George Floyd was not intentional murder. They tried to convince us the other day that this woman had a taser in her hand. Another form of trying to tell us they didn't intentionally do this. Mm -hmm. How many years she was on the force? I 26. 20-something years on the force. And she was also, I think, is relevant. And it's not that mistake can't she, happen. She was training <laughs> someone while she did this. Correct. So, so in context of us talking about the Chauvin trial and George Floyd, this woman has been charged. Right. So, please, I, I would feel insulted. Um, the late, great James Baldwin said, to be conscious in America and to be black is to be in a constant state of rage. And I would be insulted if she has a defense to come and say, if you can defend that she accidentally killed a man based upon her thinking that her gun was a taser and she's almost a 30-year-old veteran of the police force, then no officer out here with a badge is either not properly trained or they don't have the the mental capability to make these decisions. Absolutely. So wipe everything. If well, we know it's the training. We definitely know it's the training. <laughs> but they're also trying to convince us that this veteran down here yeah. on May 25th last year. Yeah. You know. And these aren't this, rookies. Yeah, that's, these aren't rookies. Yeah. He had multiple people, mm-hmm. multiple people, including his own officers, saying, bro, we don't got to pause. You want to get out? And he was very intentional mm-hmm. with pounding his authority. Mm-hmm. See, that's what this issue is, is that some of these men and women in lack of training is not understanding the use of their authority, and it becomes power. It's been a great conversation, brothers, and I appreciate your participation and and taking the time again to do this. Let's take a listen real quick to uh, televangelist Pat Robertson as he shares his perspective on the Dante Wright killing. Side, but it's not that way. I mean, they have to cross where they have on different, different. So you actually have to reach across yourself. Yeah, yeah. Thinking like I was that both gun, both the gun and the taser would be put on your dominant side, but it's not that way. I mean, they have to cross where they have on different, different. So you actually have to reach across yourself yeah, to you get feel the difference. I yeah, mean, it's definitely uh, there's just no discernment. comparison. As I say, they're not making tasers in this yellow color anymore. They're, they're making a, they're in black. They're making them yellow. Now, how she made the difference was she shot that poor guy to death, saying, "This is what I thought. This is what I thought was my taser, and 
And if you can't tell the difference in the field of those things, it's crazy. Anyhow, she deserves, but, I, you know, I am pro-police, folks. I think we need the police. We need the, their servants, and they do a good job. But if they don't stop this onslaught, they cannot do this. You know, the, the police in, in Virginia picked up a, a lieutenant in the Army and began to give him trouble. And, and our, our, our state police are highly trained. But why they don't stop this? And this thing is going on in Minnesota, but the Derek Chauvin, I mean, they ought to put him under the jail. He has caused so much trouble by kneeling on the, the death of George Floyd. It's just I mean, on his neck. It's just terrible what's happening. And the police, why don't they open their eyes to what the public relations are? They've got to stop this stuff. Maybe they need more training. All right, you guys, what did you guys think? Uh, we have a white, very famous, Televangelists calling this wrong. It's justice for me, and it, it puts a smile on my face. But it's not. I'm not happy that someone else relates to this pain. Kind of like how he said about us being numb to it. It's kind of like, should we feel bad now, or should we be reacting in a certain way that you're you're seeing, or that you're in pain from something that we've dealt with for generations and generations? And it's like, or should should you deserve a pat on the back for that? Should we be commending you for for uh, bringing our pain to the forefront? And maybe you might be in some pain for it too. But one thing that I will say, which all justice to Dante Wright and his family and their due justice and all of that, but to see his white mother on TV grieving, that struck me as more particular than than anything any. Dr. Oz, any TV show could say because that's real. That's not that that's not authentic, but her pain is something that we've been living and we've been feeling for so long. And I think that's what these these racist people and empowered. That's what they were afraid of, because now you have white people feeling black pain. You know, I, no, I, like even under the jail statement, that's cool. But you know, I've I done some time myself and. I don't know, our time is different. Like, I ain't, where he gonna be locked up at? I don't even know where Muhammad Nur at, you know what I'm saying? But they ain't never put them in there with us in, in Rush City or St. Cloud. No, I ain't never seen, we ain't never seen none of them. Where they getting locked up at? How they doing their time? Like, they getting treated better than, I ain't, where they at? Protective custody. If, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Protective custody is where they put them. There's, yeah. there's an open case against uh, some some deputies or uh, not Hennepin. One of these counties in Minnesota pertaining to Chauvin because black officers weren't allowed to bring him whatever. Black officers weren't allowed to interact with him based upon being black in the time that he was locked up. So even just speaking upon that. Yeah, the way blacks and white do time is different. Like white privilege go all the way to to prison. Like they gonna get more food on their trade than the, the brother will. You know, the, a bigger piece of cake, the better jobs. Like I seen it. We, Door open up first for the phone, which yeah. in prison that's a big deal. Everybody trying to call. It's a rush to that phone. Yeah, we make twenty five cents an hour in there, bro. Everybody work in the kitchen. All the brothers. But the good job, the painting job, the go around, clean up the joint, plant flowers, whatever, driving the machine job, ain't nobody black on them, bro. And we ain't never, them the dollar an hour job. So how is he, where he finna do his time? What kind of time is he finna do? Comfortable time? Like, Did you want to add? 
Gary? Um, Pat Robertson, um, I will say it's good to hear more Europeans <laughs> speak out about European privileges uh, and uh, pain that they're putting upon our people. That's all I'll say to that. Okay. They say white silence is, what's that term? Black violence? Yeah, Something like that. Like that. Uh, and, and to piggyback off that, uh, again, applauding <clears throat> Pat Robertson or whoever. I mean, even when this all came out, I've heard powerful NBA coaches. And, and I have always had a piece of me said, until these white folks start yelling, screaming, this is wrong, nothing's really going to kick and move anyways. Nope. But I want to be careful because we should not be applauding for stuff that they should have already been taking care of. We, why are we praising them for finally standing up? You should have been standing up eons ago, mm -hmm. eons and eons ago, especially the powerful people. So I, we appreciate the support, but uh, they need to you look can't at be the applauded history. for it because this is what should have been oh, wow. taken care of. You need to stand firm and strong for this. Somewhat like the brother Cedric said, feel it from the mother's pain. You understand? Feel it from a real perspective, not just for public opinion or for... for you know, promotion on TVs yeah. and letting people see you kiss a kid, and that means, oh, you love black babies. He just yeah. kissed them, nah. Yeah. So from a black man, from a black man's point on on that, I feel like just his uh, his mother, his mother's voice right now, as far as white people's voice and where it's going, that's the most powerful voice for us right now. Mm -hmm. I just, like I say, they piggyback off what I said, like police badge, the. Correction badges, they, they, he gonna go in there, it's gonna be some that respect what he did. See what I'm saying? Like they've got the same, they believe in the same thing he believe in whatnot, but they, he gonna get treated with his white privilege when he go in there. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say, like, it's a different, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know he gonna who, go to jail, but it's gonna be like. You know who he gonna kick it with. You hear me? Yeah, you know you some know. of them in there. Yeah, yeah the whole boatload of them. And they gonna treat him yeah. different. Yeah. Than yeah. They, and you know he, he gonna, gonna get a good up. job, and he gonna be comfortable. I know who they get the keys to these places too, man. Exactly. Well, guys, uh, when you, you're talking about what Pat Robertson uh, brought up in regards to the black lieutenant uh, that also experienced, uh, uh, was a victim of abuse of authority. Um, as a black man watching these officers just blatantly disrespect and, and uh, just hatred that came out of these officers. Uh, what does the action of those officers say to us as black men? What is it selling us? What, are they, what is America constantly telling us with this, through this relationship with police officers and us? What is this uh, institution of authority? Why do they keep continuing to relay a message to us? It's been around for centuries, but boy. It's just here we are in 2021, and they're continuing to try to beat the same message. Come on, get out now! I have not committed any crime. You're being stopped on traffic violation. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest for a traffic. You're being detained, okay? You're being detained for, for a traffic violation. I do not have to get out the vehicle. You haven't even told really? me why I'm being stopped. Really? Get your get hands. Out, get out of the car now. Get out of the car. Get your hands off me, get please. Get your hands off me. You know what? Get your hands off me. Get your hands off me. Back up, I didn't do anything. Don't do that. Sir, get out of the car now. Don't do that. Hey, sir, get out of the car that. now. Don't do that. I'm trying to talk to you. Okay. I'm trying to I'm talk to you. Get out. Just relax. get out of my car. Can you please get relax? Can you please relax? Get out of the car right I'm, now. Man. This is not how you treat a vet. Uh, I'm actively serving this country, and this is how you're going to treat me? Back up, I didn't do anything. Whoa, hold on. Back What's up. going on? Hold on. Watch it. Watch it. Get out of the car! 
Get out of the car now! Car now! Sir, just get out of the car! I'm trying to breathe. Get out of the car now! That's really up. Yeah, oh, get out of the car and get on the ground now. You're gonna get it again. I, I don't even want to reach for my seatbelt. Can you take your seatbelt off and get out of the car? Can you please? Get out of the car now! Listen! Take off your seatbelt and get out of the car! Look, I'm just gonna just please. You're gonna do what you're told. Get out of the car. My, look. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the Look. Take your seatbelt off. Look, my hands are out. Take your seatbelt off and get out my of the car. My hands are out. Don't reach in there, Daniel. Don't reach in there. My hands are out. Please. Please. Look. This is really messed up. My dog is in the back. My dog is choking right get now. Get out of the car. Take your seatbelt off. What are you, a specialist, Corporal? What are you? I'm a lieutenant. Lieutenant, get out of the car. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. You made this way more difficult than it had to be. You just complied. Get out of the car. I'm reaching for my seatbelt. Fine. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. Straight on the ground. Straight onto the ground. Ma'am. Is your commanding officer available? Down. Let's go. Is your commanding Let's officer go. available? Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Please talk to Get me on the ground now. Get on the ground and you're getting sprayed again. Get on the ground. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Get on the ground. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Yes, sir. You're not. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Why am I being treated like this? Why? You're not cooperating. Get on the ground. Why am I being treated like this? This is really messed up. The worst part about that video that brings tears to my eyes is the man said in the beginning, which I believe Cedric first brought my attention to it a week or two ago, when he said he was scared to get out, and the officer said, you should be. He said, you should be. And <laughs> the whole time, the lieutenant, who's a decorated veteran, etc., still active. They knew this. You could see this. He was very calm. He was very professional. It was a ticket violation, which is different than a criminal violation. Those are two different things, two different worlds, you know, two different worlds. You could tell from that lieutenant, though, his pleading, he did not want that situation to go down where he was on the ground. Mm -hmm. The man, he pleaded, man, listen, just talk to me, talk. When he got on that ground, that man started crying. Amen. He started crying, man. And that was the saddest part of that whole Video and it's like the Europeans knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to demean him. They wanted to demote his rank right in front of him and show them, man, we don't care about your rank, your uniform, nothing. Get on the ground, nigga. Right. That was the worst part of that video to me. Um, I think it just strikes me as really profound, just off the strength of uh, when I was a kid. Just a little background on me. 
I was real uh, aspirational, they would say. Like, I, I wanted to be a little bit of everything. And it's just, it's rough. It made me a little emotional just because it's like, you can't be anything here. Mm. It's like no dignity in any career, whether you're Martin Luther King Jr., or whether you're Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, and those are the people they deemed radical, but rather you're obviously a lieutenant in the army. It's like uh, uh, intentional uh, robbery of dignity every day, every day. And it just strikes me, and, and it, I feel like any black, like, like he said earlier, we so numb to this that there's some of us who can't even, like, I'm shaking, like, I'm reacting in, a, in an emotional way just because of uh, in elementary school, another kid's story, because it's just like, America, you, they brand us as children to believe in this, but then they contradict it when you're educated enough to actually see it. And it's like, they taught us the Pledge of Allegiance. Put your hand over your heart. America, America, America. And this is, if you're black, yeah. Not human, obviously, or like y'all say, like no, it don't matter who you is. Like you tell LeBron James, shut up and dribble. You know what mm. Unless you can dribble, rap, sing, or dance, if you're black, they hate you. Yeah, but it was so crazy though. Before he went, uh, on with you, the, the lady was playing a video, bro. The first first thing I asked uh, down there, I say, is that the gas station one? Like it's so common. You know, so like, which one am I gonna watch? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, don't don't quote me on it, but part of like the, the bill that even like how body cams come about and like the the reason that, that they were funded was to stop stuff like this. Well, I mean, what is it overall? What is the message? What is this message that this powerful institution of authority is continuing <coughs> to tell us black men? White supremacy stands firm. Amen. That's the message. Amen. All the all the politics. We, uh, we don't care. Barack was in. So what? As soon as Barack gets out, we're gonna show you what we do. That let's, was, let's make America great again. Yeah. That was real political. Fuck you. That's what they say. I'm sorry. Excuse my language, Monique. But any other women? Felt no? good, didn't it? But that's what they're saying. That's, <laughs> Felt that's, good to say that because I wanted to say. <laughs> that's that's what they're saying. You know. So we again we see this institution of authority, and it's not just police, but as it relates to what we're focusing on with the Chauvin and and, and the Dante and and uh, even this lieutenant officer here. Um, again, what do they continue to tell us? One of the things that uh, is I find concerning. Uh, equally as all you guys, and I want to share this um, from my perspective. I have been uh, very blessed um, my whole life. Um, I grew up in the 60s up in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, not a lot of black folks up there. Um, still not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still not. <laughs> right. Still not. <laughs> but one thing I do want to share with you, serious biz, on serious biz. This is why I have mad love for you brothers, all of you, um, I have never experienced the amount of force or the experiences of authority on me. Minimal. I think when I was using drugs in the 80s, I was trying to buy dope and the sheriff came up with a rifle and said, get the F out of here. So I can't ever claim to experience that, but my pain just crushes me. And I'll tell you why. Because I was fortunate where I know how to think that lieutenant is alive because he knew how to think. Mm -hmm. I have a brother 
that I worked with last week that I shared the story was walking his dog because he's an educated man that knows how to think. And I'm not talking about education that makes it a thinking thing. Mm -hmm. Again, another offer that we want to hear, Dujama, we want to Knox, uh, uh, we want to equip these young brothers here to, to think and to manage their life because it's different. Had that been anybody, as you know, some of us young brothers, we're angry at the world and we've yes. been re-traumatized. The moment the lights come on, bro, trauma started again. Yes. And then you want me to be calm, cool, and collective when you come to my door? And that's just what these white officers want. They want you to roll their eyes. They want you to say, Phew. and each moment, that's what I'm saying. So again, I don't know that experience, but the thought process. We have so many young brothers that aren't capable of doing that. And it's not a critique. It's just their environment, what happened. So they don't know how to respond. And on top of that, the officer, the professional, the one that's getting paid, should be the teacher in any given moment. The police officer is the authority. The police officer is the one getting paid. The police officer from George Floyd, sit him on the curb for 20 minutes. Let him just chill out there. We got four officers around him. Dante, let him go. We already ran. We got a warrant for him. We'll find him. That's an example of somebody who wasn't equipped to know how to think. But then when they're, they're, when they're unequipped or untrained with their authority, it's, oh, I dare you, nigga, run from me. That's all. You know, when we were talking earlier about them trying to convince us uh, about uh, these unintentional uh, deaths that have occurred, and, and now they're even trying to bring in uh, the drug use and, uh, you know, trying to weaponize against George Floyd just through his drug use. And, uh, and, and, and Cedric, you brought that up last week. You want to share a little bit about uh, reiterating what you talked about last week in regards to bringing up the drugs to make it seem like this is the issue? I just feel like... Uh but there are pretty renowned superstars, um, whether they be political, entertainment related, who are white and they struggle with drugs. And they clean up their lives and they move on. They're able to move on, they pay their debt, and however that might be, retribution as far as jail, whatever. But it's not, it's not weaponized. And I just feel like whether George Floyd was high, drunk, or anybody that they encountered, they're trained. You put on a badge because you're, putting, you're taking an oath to protect and serve people, whether they be black, purple, green, tall, short, fat, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the fact that they're using this man's drug use against him is just a further way to animalize him, to be honest, to just to make this man look like he, he had Superman strength from the drugs or his body wasn't strong enough when, if, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, I'm pretty sure these transcripts will be openly available, but there was an expert who said he was, he was, his toxicology, he was good enough to drive a vehicle, like he was sober enough to drive. Yeah. So, and, one, and, and one of the things I just want to add, because now they even is further insulting our intelligence by bringing in carbon monoxide as a contributing factor. <laughs> to add insult to injury, I believe is the worst disrespectful thing you can do when you make a situation that's like pissing on somebody and telling them it's raining. That's where that statement comes from. And to, to also add insult to injury, basically you're saying, so if he's high, that means kill him. One, he's black and he's high, he needs to be dead. Is this is what you're giving the message out? You were on drugs, you should be killed. Is this what you're telling us as, as a nation of people? And not to, not to mention, if you're trained as, a, as an authority figure with weapons that can kill or with any type of understanding, that means if he's on drugs, he needs care, consideration, and help. That's what he needs. Mm -hmm. That should have been the first immediate human 
response, now, he wasn't to, viewed as human back to them. That's what I was saying. Especially like, high. The problem, the problem I had, he wouldn't have died if I was there. Honestly, them people watching, they were so shell shocked by the fear of the law that they watched that man mm-hmm. die. Like, ain't no lie, like, I would have jumped in right immediately, you know, but mm-hmm. when I seen he was getting out of control, I would have took whatever, that tasing, right. that ass whooping. That's right. If it was even getting shot, you know what I'm saying? But I would have had to get them off that man's neck. I couldn't sit yeah. there and watch. I got a problem with them people that were standing there. At five black people, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I got a problem hard. with that bro and, guy. And how hard. It, and, and they got the, the Quentin Tarantinos, the everybody who, Hollywood's, this, these, these productions of, of, Plantations and how do they expect these black people to not feel subjugated or to feel any correlation between that when you got black people who have to watch by law cannot interfere they have to watch a man be executed murdered on the street absolutely what a what a heartfelt raw emotional discussion we've had I really appreciate this discussion this lens and perspective was happening right there from so many angles so many things come out. And I think what we have done again is authenticate that white supremacy is alive and well. White privilege is there. So again, as we continue our grind, brothers, I want to appreciate you for sharing your thoughts and representing the men of your job as we go through. So again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 20 of A Black Man's Sketch. All right. Amen.